Good morning, everyone. Uh, we are so glad to be here with you all worshiping together this morning. So I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful to God for the privilege that we have here with you all. And secondly, I would like to thank you, thank you to all the leaders of Grace Baptist Church Miller's Bells. And third, I would like to thank you to all Grace family members and friends for investing in kingdom work and in our lives. Before we begin, uh, Father, I would like to uh, have a word of prayer. Let's bore ahead. Father, we worship you this morning. And we want to thank you for who you are and what you have done in our life, Lord. Father, we commit ourselves to you this morning. God, we are lost and we need your help. Your word is a lamb unto our feet and a light unto our path, Lord. Help us to understand you deeper through your words. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me begin by telling you a story. A story about a pastor, a well-known pastor in India. It's two years ago. When I was there, he said, Hey, Jiten, can you... Can you come and share in our church, he said. Well, I, I, I was not able to say no, so I said, well, well, pastor, but why don't you take the privilege? Why me? You know, that's what I asked to the pastor. And pastor said, well, this time I would like to give you the privilege. Well, I, I said yes. Then I was there with, uh, with the church and I was sharing and once the service was over, it was good enough, then after the service, he called me, then can you come to my home? I want to share you something. I was thinking, oh, did I make some mistake? Or is there anything wrong? What's going on? Like He was calling me like he was quiet. And when I looked to him, he was not smiling at all. So I thought, what's, what's going on with this pastor? You know, I was thinking, what, what did I do wrong? You know, So I went down. I went in his house and he started saying he was sitting with me and he said this is just between you and me and I said oh something is wrong something is going on and you know and he said <clears throat> I am disappointed that's what he said I am disappointed and he said I am discouraged and my family is broken and disordered. No respect in my family. Daughters, his daughters are turning against him regarding Mary's. And I, I was really shocked. I said, wow. A well-known pastor, respected by the people around here. You know, everybody respect him. You know, I too highly respect him. And he said all these things to me. I was like, Oh, what's going on, you know, in my heart? And he said, A big trouble. I'm afraid in his heart, he said. I'm afraid for his family future. 
That's what he told me. I was, wow. I was just kind of humbling myself a lot. I said, wow, what is this? What's going on? Keeping this story in your mind, let's turn in the book of John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, Mente, I'm reading from verse 27. It's NIV. <clears throat> John chapter 14, verse 27. It said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Here is a question I would like to ask to all of you. Keep this verse in your mind. And it said, Is there anyone who have never faced troubles in life and never been afraid? Never faced trouble, never been afraid. Is there anyone? Everyone is smiling. That's good. You know, we all live in a, in, in, in a sinful world and at some point we all went through troubles at some point we are afraid you may ask why trouble why difficulties in our life why there's a problem in our life why worry why stress why anxiety why pain why there is suffering in our life why grief disorder unrest why there is disturbance in the journey of our life. Why? And again he said. Why I am afraid. You know some of us are afraid of being alone. And some of us are afraid of at, at night. In the darkness. Some of us are afraid of death. Some of us, some of us are afraid of insects. And spider. Some of us are afraid of snakes, right? Some of us are afraid of fire. And some of us are afraid of driving in other countries like India. People who will come here, I said, can you drive? I said, oh, no way. I said, some of us are afraid of their future. And some of us are afraid of facing the reality in their life. So once again, why trouble and why afraid? A simple, sweet, and short answer for me is because we all are human beings. We are not robots. We are human beings, not robots. John chapter 14, verse 27. It's a, it's a very comforting word. It says, Don't let your heart be in trouble and afraid. John chapter 14, verse 27. This chapter is a very very encouraging verse for me. You know, when I, when I was really disappointed, discouraged, and disabled, this chapter really encouraged me a lot. So I hope this chapter be encouraging to all of you. And, and like going to John to the 14, verse 1. Verse 1, verse 1 to 4, as you go through, 
And starting with, don't let your heart be in trouble and, and you believe in God, believe also in me. So, verse 1 to 4, if you go through, Jesus is comforting his disciples. Not only his disciples, even for us, even to us. He's comforting. Hey, don't let your heart be in trouble. Believe in God. That's what he said. 1 to verse 4. And if you go down to verse 5, from 5 to verse 14, Jesus is confirming that I am the way to the Father. And verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is confirming that I am the way to the Father. It's not a way. And if you come down in verse 15 to 31, Jesus committing that the Holy Spirit will be always with you. In other words, Jesus is promising that even though I am not there, the Holy Spirit will be always there with you forever. The Holy Spirit will help you and will teach you and will remind you of everything. So that's what Jesus promises. Now coming to the verse 27. Very important verse. He said in the midst of troubles and difficulties. And he said there is peace I live with you. My peace. It's not someone's peace. He said his peace. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be in trouble. And do not be afraid. In Luke chapter 2, verse 14, there we see peace on earth. Let's look to Luke 2, verse 14. Luke 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 14. He said, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, he said, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace on earth was the angel's message when they announced his birth, Jesus' birth. He said, peace on earth was the, was the message from the angel at the time of Jesus' birth. Not only that, if you go to in John chapter 20 verse 19 again, John chapter 20 verse 19, there it says, Peace to you. John chapter 20 verse 19. He said, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Peace to you. So peace on earth was announced by angels. And the second is that peace to you, he said. Was his own greetings. Jesus' greeting when he returned victorious from the grave. Peace on earth. Peace to you. And now coming to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. I like this verse. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, read from verse 13. He said, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace, who have met the two groups, one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. So he himself is our peace. John chapter 14, verse 27, says, Peace. This peace is the farewell gift to the disciples from whom he is now departing. Just give, the, give them not land, nor houses, or possession, or cars, but peace. And that his own peace. The peace of God who is past all understanding. Philippians 4, verse 7, refer to the peace of God. He said, peace of God, who is transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Peace of God. The term peace is described in the scripture as a gift from God. If you look in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, it said, and 1 Thessalonians 15, 23. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 8, I'll read over here, he said, Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James is telling simply that the closer we draw to Him, the more of His peace we can enjoy. Now here's another question that I would like to bring it up. It said, how do we draw near enough to experience His peace? How do we draw near enough to experience His peace? Friends, church, great church, we come into the presence of Lord through His Son, Jesus. In John 14, verse 6, when we allow Jesus' death and resurrection to, to purchase our forgiveness from God, we are counted as righteous. In Second Corinthians 5.21, it says, Our sins are forgiven because Jesus already paid the price for them. Only then we can have peace with God. In First John 4.10, it says, When we grow in understanding of the depths, and riches of God's love towards us, our minds and spirit begin to raise in His power and wisdom. In Ephesians 3, uh, verse 18 and 19, it says, in, second, in Second Peter, verse 1 and 2, you can turn in Second Peter, verse 1 and 2, and there it says, chapter 1, verse 2, Second Peter 1, verse 2, Second Peter, verse 1 and 2. Chapter 1, verse 2 says, 
May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Friends, the better we know God, the peace of God comes in in our life. I repeat, the better we know God, the peace of God comes in our life. Dear friends, in the midst of trouble and afraid, when we are disappointed and when we are discouraged and when we are disabled, God's word reminds us that I would like to point out three things, three points, a very important point that we as believers need to keep in our mind. That is, number one is, you know, God has chosen us to be part of God's family. God has chosen us, you and I, to be part of His family, God's family. Looking in the in in uh, in First Peter, First Peter verse uh, chapter two verse nine. First Peter two verse nine. Turn with me in First First Peter two verse nine. First Peter two verse nine. First Peter 2 verse 9, <clears throat> he said, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. First Peter 2 verse 9. So, dear friends, let us remember that God has chosen all of us to be part of God's family. Looking in the life of Joseph in, in, in Genesis, in Old Testament, I hope you all know the story of Joseph and his brother, how his brother treated him badly. Joseph experienced the worst thing I believe. He experienced physical, mental, and emotional agonies, suffering in his life. He went through the hard thing. His one brother treated him badly. The good thing is God allowed you know, Joseph to be sold into slavery. By his own brother. To be torn from his family and home. To be falsely accused by the wife of Potiphar. To whom he had been royal and devoted. And to be unjustly imprisoned and ignored. Just imagine. God that, that had been allowed by God so that Joseph could fulfill God's plan to save many lives. He went through a lot, but God allowed that. If you turn in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, turn with me in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, they said, 
Genesis 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. That is a wonderful verse. God allowed what is happening in the life of Joseph. God's great plan. We don't know. Point number two. Not only God has chosen us to be a part of his family. Not only that, but it's number two, point number two is God is always working in our life. God is not only chosen, but he is working in our life. In First Peter 1 verse 2, First Peter, let's turn again in, in the book of First Peter chapter 1 verse, verse 2. He said, First Peter 1 chapter 1 verse 2. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkle with His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. So the Holy Spirit is sanctifying us daily. His work is going on. God is working in our life, friends. In the midst of trouble and afraid, let us remember, God is always working in our life. He has not given up yet. God has not given up in the life of Joseph. Joseph went through a lot of troubles. And he went, he went, through, he went through it, even afraid. He was afraid. But God was with him throughout his life. So God has not given up in the life of Joseph. Joseph. And God was with him in the midst of trouble. God's word reminds us that no, third, the third point that I would like to bring here is not only God is working in our life, but God has secured secure our future. God has secured our future. In First Peter chapter one verse four, First Peter chapter one verse four. Let's read it again with me. Let's turn me in First Peter one verse four. Here it says, And unto an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, the inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Wow, what a wonderful verse, right? It's a wonderful verse that reminds us, wow, we have a place, there's a secret place for us in heaven. Not on this earth, but in heaven. We're just passing by over here. So God's word reminds us that, you know, God has secured our future in heaven. In the midst of trouble and afraid, God is reminding us that an inheritance is kept in heaven for you and I, for our family.
Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. I hope we all believe that. Jesus was betrayed by his disciples, Judas. Jesus was abandoned by his other followers. Jesus carried the burdens of the sins of the world. Jesus was falsely accused and rejected by the Jewish leaders. Not only that, Jesus was mocked and abused by Roman's guard. Jesus was crucified between two thieves. Jesus' body was pierced with a spear by the guards. Allah, Jesus tested death for all of us. He died for all of us. In 1 Peter 3, verse 18, there it says, For Christ also died for sins once and for all, the just for all the unjust, so that he might bring us to God. This is what God, uh, Jesus has done for us. He died for our sins. Their friends, church, great church, family members, let us trust in our living God who is the creator of this universe who is able to do everything for us who has chosen us to be part of his family and who is always working in our lives not only that who has secure or fix or seal our future in heaven. Let us trust in Him alone. In closing, I would like to read my favorite verse. It is Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. Proverbs three, verse five and six. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. This is a verse that always reminds me when in the midst of troubles and in, in, in the midst of afraid, you know. He said, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Let this verse be a, an encouraging verse to all of you too. He said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways... Submit to him, and he will make your parts straight. Friends, church, great church, family members, let us trust in him. Let us keep trusting. Don't give it up. He is our peace. Let the peace of God be with you all as you go from this church. Thank you.